Hello, welcome to God Day. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today, I want to talk to you about the most important book that's ever been written. Uh, of course, we're thinking about the Bible. I just realized that as I was saying that to you. But uh, what I really want to talk to you about today is the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's, that's pretty important also. And um, the, your eternal salvation, your eternal destiny ultimately will be whether your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I think to start with today, I want to go to Revelation 20, very serious passage of scripture that describes the final judgment of God actually for those who have rejected God. So if you have received Jesus Christ and you're born again, you're, you are in Christ, you will not actually stand before God at this judgment. All right. Um, this is actually for those who, uh, for God rejectors. But uh, nevertheless, it teaches us some very important things. So let's go to Revelation 20. We're going to look at verse 11 to 15. And I saw, and this is actually at the end of time now, uh, and this is actually when God destroys this present universe before he creates a new heaven and a new earth. There will briefly be this interesting state of affairs where this universe will no longer exist. All the righteous will be in the new Jerusalem, but also there will be this great white throne. And all the dead, all the unrighteous dead will be resurrected by God to stand before this great white throne. And then I saw, it says, a great white throne and him who sat on it. And we know who this is. It's, not, it's God, yes, but it's in particular, it's Jesus Christ. Because in the Gospels, Jesus said that God the Father had entrusted all judgment to him. So this is Christ sitting on this throne. And it says, from whose face, from the throne, the earth and the heaven fled away. And it says, and there was found no place for them. So it's actually very clear that this universe, this heaven and earth, passes out of existence because it's been corrupted by sin. It wasn't made to be the eternal state. There will be a new heaven and a new earth that will come in that will be without sin. And so the heaven and earth disappears. And now all we see now is, it says, and I saw the dead. Notice, they are dead, they're called the dead, but they're standing before God. <laughs> so it's, it's not talking about the physically dead, because they are actually resurrected, but they are the dead, the spiritually dead. You see, all the righteous have already been resurrected by this point. They've already been glorified. They're in the new Jerusalem. But the resurrection of the unrighteous is left until this moment right at the end of time. Their souls have actually been in Hades for this time. See, when a man dies, his spirit leaves his body and his spirit or his soul um, goes down to a place called Hades, under the earth. And that's kind of like a holding cell until it's time for the final judgment. And uh, if you, you can read about this in Luke 16, where we see a believer and an unbeliever, and the unbeliever goes down to a place of punishment in Hades. But he's in his soul, 
not in his body because his body's in the grave. But at the end of time, God is going to resurrect all the dead bodies. They're gonna, the souls are going to come out of Hades and they're going to be reunited to their resurrected bodies and they're going to stand before the great white throne. We'll see that explained later in this passage. So he says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. And this is the books of their lives. Do you realize God has got a book on you? He keeps detailed notes of your whole life. He's interested in every thought, every word, everything you do, everything that you should have done that you don't do. It's all recorded in the book that he has of your life. And there will be a judgment of our works. And it says another book was opened which is the book of life. Oh, this is God's family album. And in God's book of life is written every name of those who are saved. And uh, other places it's called the Lamb's book of life because if you're in that book, it's because of the blood of the Lamb and because you've received the blood of the Lamb. You've put your trust in Christ, hallelujah, and his blood that has paid the penalty for your sins and purchased a place for you in, in heaven. Praise God. And so it's uh, very important that your name be written in the book of life. And so the, God opens the book of life and, and really what he's doing is he's making sure, it's a public judgment, so he's making sure that these people's names are not written in the book of life. And of course they aren't because they, they are the dead. They are those who've rejected God. But it's demonstrated that their name is not written in God's family album. And it says the dead were judged according to their works by the things written in the book. So he will open the book of their life and they are judged according to their works. Now they've already been found guilty by the way because the Bible says it's appointed unto every man uh, to die once and after that the judgment, Hebrews 9.27. So at the moment of a person's death, if they die having rejected God, they are actually guilty at that point. They die in their sins. And they go down to Hades where the guilty go. Um, but they, then they will reappear before the judge for their sentencing. So to determine the, the strictness of the punishment, and there are different degrees of punishment um, in the final judgment, um, they are assessed according to their works. And those who have rejected God on a worse level, they've rejected more light than others, or they've done worse things, they've rebelled against God in a worse way, they will incur a, a worse judgment. All right, so it says, the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead, that's the dead bodies, you see, who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. So this is the the victory over death now. God is, death takes the, the body, Hades takes the soul. And both death and Hades have to let go of the body and the soul so that these unbelieving men might be resurrected and enter into their eternal state. And then it says they were judged, each one according to his works. You see, if you reject the work of Christ for you, then you have to stand on your own works but because they're all sinners, they're all under an eternal condemnation because they chose to do it their way 
and says, God says, okay, I will judge you on that basis. And then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death, it says, which is eternal separation from God's goodness. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the book of life represents all those who are saved. But the, uh, if you're not written in the book of life, you are lost and you are cast into the lake of fire. Very serious passage of scripture. So we see these two books and we want to focus particularly on the Lamb's book of life, the book of life. It determines your eternal destiny. Anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, it says. Let's look at some other scriptures that talk about this book of life. Revelation 21, 27 says, There shall by no means anyone enter heaven, the new Jerusalem. Anything that defiles or causes an abomination or lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, to have access to heaven's glory, to the new Jerusalem, your name must be written in the Lamb's book of life. And in other words, as it were, it's written in the blood of the Lamb. And um, another place it's, it's mentioned is in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. It talks about there's going to be this time of trouble or tribulation, such as never was since there was a nation to this time. And at that time, your people will be delivered. In other words, Christ at his return is going to save Israel um, at that time. And, and, but in particular, it says, everyone who is found written in the book. In other words, those who are saved will be those who are written in the, in the book. And it says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and then later some to shame and everlasting contempt. But it depends, is your name written in the book of life? And then Revelation 3.5 has an interesting promise. It says, he who overcomes, and that's a title for a true believer, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, in glorious garments, and I will surely not blot out his name from the book of life. So here it doesn't talk about writing your name in the book of life, it talks about, and this is the normal thing in the Bible, it talks about the possibility of being blotted out of the book of life. But for a believer, God will not blot his name out from the book of life, but instead I will confess his name before my Father and before the angels. All right, so the book of life is obviously extremely important. Um, Revelation 17.8 gives us an, the eternal perspective. And, and here we, we have a problem, uh, as it were, in, because of our thinking, we struggle to put together the sovereignty of God and man's free will. This is the hardest theological problem, you might say. So we get two kinds of scriptures that describe this book. One, some scriptures describe it as an eternal book, that God has actually written this book from the foundation of the world. And other scriptures talk about this, this book as changing through time. So let's go to Revelation 17.8. And here we see that the names written in this book were known by God and fixed by God from the foundation of the world because of God's omniscience. He knew everyone who would be saved. 
Uh, it says that the beast, the Antichrist, that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and will go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel. These are the unbelievers. <coughs> whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. So in other words, here it says that the names written in the book of life were written from the foundation of the world. Now, actually, I'm not a Calvinist, which means that God didn't kind of just f force someone to be saved or not to be saved. But I do believe that God, in his omniscience, he knew all possible worlds, uh, including the world that we exist in. And he saw all possible brides, all possible people who would actually, of their own free will, accept him and become part of his family, part of his bride. And he chose this world to exist. So he knew before the foundation of the world and he chose us to exist rather than uh, some different group of people, of redeemed people. And so he chose us and he wrote our names in his book from before the foundation of the world because in his omniscience, he knew we would receive him. Praise God. Well, it's also written in Revelation 13, 8. It says, all who dwell on the earth will worship the Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So here, it seems to say that the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. That was in God's plan. But it could be re read in a way to agree with Revelation 17, 8, which says, all who dwell on the earth will worship the Antichrist, whose names have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb that was slain. It's the Lamb's book of life, you see, but it, from one point of view, it was written from before the foundation of the world. The Bible says we are chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Praise God. And... Uh, Often an evangelist will kind of say, you know, accept Christ and then your name will be written in the book of life. But I don't find that in the Bible. What we, on we only find out is that certain people's names are blotted out of the book for rejecting God. Uh, let me give you another example. Exodus 32, 32 and 33. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, Moses prays, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. Moses is willing to give up his salvation. The Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. You see, certain ones are blotted out of God's book. And then again, Revelation 22:19, it says, if anyone takes away from the words of this prophecy, if they reject the Bible, God will take away his part from the book of life. God's going to delete them from his book of life and from access to the holy city and all the, the blessings written in, in this book. So how does that fit together? How does the blotting out fit together with the fact that the book of life is, is written from eternity? And, and this is the parallel truths of God's divine election and man's free will. And they're both taught in the Bible. Um, you see the balance in 2 Timothy 2.19. It says, um, 
Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows. He knows from eternity those who are his. That's his sovereignty. He knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In other words, that's free will. You're, you must repent. You must believe if you're going to be saved. But on the other hand, God know, knew you from all eternity. You see, he knows those who are written in his book. So this is how it works. When anyone is born, God automatically writes their name in his book. It's called the book of the living. And in other words, his grace is upon each person. And I believe it's because of the death of Christ. When Christ died, he died for the whole world. And that means his saving grace is upon the whole world. And so their names, he writes their names, as it were, provisionally in, in this book. And then they have this lifetime to decide. And if they reach the end of their life, certainly if they've reached adulthood, they, and they reach the end of their life, and they have rejected God, then at their death, God is going to blot them out of his book of life. They've had their chance, and they've decided against God to reject his mercy and his grace. But I do believe that a baby, for instance, a young child, somebody who hasn't reached that point, they haven't rejected him. And so their name stays in his book of life. And so I believe they will actually go, go to heaven. Uh, that's the grace of God because of the blood of the Lamb. It's the Lamb's book of life. But the serious issue is for those who callously reject God, who put God out of their thoughts, when they reach the end of their life, God will blot his name out of the book of life. God writes it in the first place because that shows his desire. God wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He, he doesn't want them to perish. Uh, but if they have chosen to reject God, to reject the blood of the Lamb, then he will blot their name out of his book. And, and it's interesting, in Psalm 69, 28, there's this prayer. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. And this is concerning someone who is actually, has rejected God in their life. And, and this expresses the, the prayer actually that they are to be blotted out of the book of life. Um, this could be someone who, who's died in a, having rejected God. It could even be someone who is still alive physically, but has hardened their heart so much to God that it's now impossible to renew them to repentance. And this kind of hardened sinner, as it were, is deserving of this prayer that they will now be blotted out of the book of the living, that uh, they have foolishly rejected their salvation. This is what could be called the unforgivable sin. And so they are consigned to that place. But that isn't us. That doesn't have to be us, you see, because these are per people, by the way, who have so hardened their heart, they don't even feel any guilt of their sin. They, they've convinced themselves that they don't need God. And, uh, but if, if, if we've sinned, 
it doesn't mean we're blotted out of the book of life, thank God. We just need to come to God, repent of our sin, ask him for forgiveness, ask him to cleanse us by his blood. And thank God, the blood of God, Jesus, has paid the price for every sin. The only sin that it can't cover, of course, is if somebody rejects the blood of Jesus, rejects Jesus. And then, of course, there is no salvation for such a person. But you hold on to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I trust in you. I trust in your blood. Hallelujah. And so what happens with this, the book that because of human free will, there's a version of this book, as it were, that changes with time. People's names are written in as they're born and they're blotted out as they die, if they die outside of God. But in the end, when you come to the end of time, this book of life contains all the names of those uh, who have not rejected Christ. Hallelujah. Those who are in God's family album. And all those who have lived but have rejected God, their names have been blotted out. And so the temporal version of the book, as it were, is identical to the version that God had from the foundation of the world, his eternal version. So it's ultimately the same book, you see. Uh, and so the, the two aspects come into harmony. So how important it is that we share the gospel with people so that they don't get blotted out of God's book. Um, is your name written eternally in the book of life? You can know for sure by put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, do you remember Luke 10.20? He says to his disciples, don't rejoice in the outward success of your ministry, which is tempting, but he says rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So the book of life is in heaven. God has that book. And if you're a believer, that proves that your name is in that heavenly, eternal book of life. Praise God. And you are secure in Christ. Uh, Philippians 4.3, he says, Help the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul is confident of these others, that they've shown the fruits of their faith, that they are genuine believers. And so he is sure that they are in God's book of life and will be eternally. Isaiah 49, 16 is interesting. God says, see, I have engraved you. That means eternally on the palms of my hands. That's very personal, isn't it? They are written as it were, even on God himself. It's God's book. And our names are written by God in an eternal way. Praise God. And so, thank God, we, we could put it this way. Either your sins will be blotted out through your faith in Christ, or your name will be blotted out. What are you going to, what's going to be blotted out? I love this in Isaiah 44, 22, it says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions and like a cloud your sins. Notice there's a difference between transgressions and sins. Sins, we, of course, we understand. That's compared to a cloud. But transgressions are like a dark cloud. Now, tra a transgression is when you deliberately flout and break God's law. God says, don't do this, and you do it. 
That's a transgression. And that's like a thick cloud, you see. Whereas a sin might be that you, you just don't do something you ought to do. But either, whether it's a sin or a transgression, God will blot it out if you ask him. And so he says, therefore, return to me for I have redeemed you. In other words, he's saying, I've redeemed you. I've shed my blood for you. Just come to me and bring your sin to me and I will blot it out. And if you let God blot out your sins because you trust in his blood, then your name will not be blotted out of his book of life. Uh, Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore, be converted, that your sins might be blotted out. See, repent means turn away from your sin. Turn to God. Be converted. Be turned. Put your trust in God rather than in yourself. And then it says your sins will be blotted out. Hallelujah. Your sins will be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. The choice is simple. And really, when you read the book of Revelation, you you may not understand all the details, but the big message that comes through, particularly in Revelation 20, is that in the end, you're either in one camp or the other camp. You're either someone who has accepted Christ and God. And your name is in the book of life. Or you're someone who's rejected Christ and God. And therefore your name is blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. You're either heading for heaven or you're heading for the lake of fire. Make sure you have given your heart to Jesus. You've received him as your Lord and Savior. God bless you. Amen.